What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Growing green to generate more green. Welcome to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman. Each week we plant the conversational seeds about cultivation and the changing climate of cannabis culture. We'll peel back the layers of benefits of the world's most versatile plant, from food to fuel, from remedy to resource. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Grow Show with your host, multi-award-winning grow master and respected cannabis consultant, Kyle Cushman. Hello and welcome to all you sun-worshipping, life-affirming ganja gladiators. This is The Grow Show on CannabisRadio.com and I am your host, Kyle Cushman. The theme of today's show is setting a good example for this, our cannabis culture. And I've invited an awesome guest who embodies that statement to the core. At the end of the show, I'll be answering listeners' questions during our Ask Kyle segment. But first... Cannabis enthusiasts are probably the most kind, giving people you'll ever meet. In this community, almost everybody has a story of how cannabis has had a life-altering positive effect on their quality and often even the quantity of their life. And you don't have to look very hard before you'll find somebody who inspires you very deeply. Ken Estes is no exception. He's an award-winning breeder, an iconic cultivator, humanitarian, and my friend, Welcome to The Grow Show, Ken. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Thank you for that introduction. It's wonderful speaking with you, Kyle, man. It's been a long... I hear you speaking like that. I think, man, this has been a long road for us. You know, we met, what, back in like 2000. Yeah. And look what's happened. Isn't it? You know, it's nice to have some positive things to look out there onto the world. You know, it's a very tumultuous time. It's a crazy time, not only for our country, but I feel like culturally we're making some progress finally. Well, it's amazing. I, I feel, you know, we're getting rights. People are understanding what getting their rights are and people from like gay marriage to women's rights to now maybe marijuana people, you know, maybe we'll be allowed to have our rights to live an existence without being prosecuted or persecuted. Man, I've heard those words before, but usually just in my head, you know, I think many of us cannabists, as I like to call us, are very loud and proud about all the many uses of the medicine simply because it's touched our lives you know, in such a deep way. It's not difficult to be outspoken once you've had this deep 
feeling and contact with the plant. Can you tell me a little bit about what your story is and how it came about that you decided to spend your life advocating for the use of cannabis? You know, when something traumatic happens to you and something saves your life, that was my story with marijuana. I was in a motorcycle accident when I was 18, paralyzed from the neck down, and totally lost. Didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I held together as, as good as I could, but it was not working. I was on pills. I did whatever the doctors told me to do. And it was probably four or five months into it when I realized that, you know, I was, I'm not going to make this. A group of Vietnam veterans told me, hey, I had my orderly I'll push my gurney over to their circle. And they said, here, smoke this. And I thought, marijuana, what? And I thought, oh, what the heck? I'm already on all this other shit. Why not? I smoked my first medical marijuana hit. And being paralyzed from the neck down, I'm telling you, I wasn't sleeping. I was on pills. I wasn't eating right. And all of a sudden, I, I, I laughed a little bit. I just felt this whole anxiety thing begin to lessen in just my first hit. I went back. I slept all night, which was the first time in months. I woke up in the morning hungry. I began eating. And it was just really the beginning of my recovery. And I've been in a wheelchair now for injury for 37 years. I think I've had a longevity because of the marijuana. And also, it doesn't just exist about the marijuana. Once you start doing marijuana, you start thinking about a healthier way of doing things. So Absolutely. I tried to eat right. I tried to exercise. I tried movement. I don't drink. I don't do other hard drugs. I stay off of the pills. And I believe that this is our right to treat our body in a healthier way. And no one argues that marijuana is healthier than the legal drugs. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, cannabis has been a very, very big part of my life as well. And I should have mentioned at the top of the show that, you know, one of your strains, Granddaddy Perps or GDP, is one of the most well-known and beloved strains out there. A cross of Purple Urkel and Big Bud, is that correct? No, people say it's Urkel and Big Bud, but it really is not that cross. I used to move that stuff and I brought it down to my collective as Barney. And so I actually remember that strain. My strain didn't have an origin. I received it from the Native Americans, the Pomos, and it was because I helped out one of the Native Americans save their house. The medicine man heard about me and wanted to give me this strain. And he told me that no one really grows it around there, just them because it's a small yielder. And I said, well, yeah, I'd like to, to look at the medicine we do here. They said, sure, it's purple. You like it? I said, all right, because I was already looking for purple herbs, you know. It's very similar to the story of the grape ape, which is so similar in look and high of the purple Urkel. And it's also an unknown, just kind of a gift from somebody that people put tags on all over the place. That's really interesting. Yeah, and they really didn't have a name for it. They said, well, what's a name? No name, because I'm used to names. You don't give me a name. You no name. What? And that was the beauty of this whole experience. I looked at it and I was like, oh my gosh, I smoked it hit right there, took a bag out of the bud, out of the baggie, and I couldn't believe the, how purple it was and the color of the purple and the smell. This was something new. Let me ask you, what inspired you to found the Granddaddy Perp Collective, and when was it founded? The Granddaddy Perp Collective, I really started that in 2009, but I've been doing this since 1992, really. Just give a quick overview of what the collective provides to its members. Well, right now, I don't have a collective. I've closed down that collective, and the reason I got away from collectives is because I am now working more on the growing side of it. And it takes a lot, really, to do both sides of this. And I felt like when I was doing the collectives, it was more or less for the activism side, to show people how to get a building and work with the city council and explain this as medicine and to 
helped change the law. And now I see collectives everywhere. To me, it's a lot of work. We're running the collective. I would rather work on the agricultural side of this. That's what I've been working with now. So I'm taking the granddaddy perp. I different strains that I've won cups with from Bay 11, the granddaddy perp, Candyland. I'm still working with these basic strains, crossing, back crossing. I'm, I'm even crossing with a few other strains that I have from Bruce Banner, number three, to the form cut cookies. So I learned those. I'm playing with the genetics, which takes a lot, you know. In order to successfully get a winning genetic, you have to do a lot of crossing, back crossing, bring up your strains to full existence, get rid of the ones that aren't so good, save the ones you like. You have to do the same thing with the male plant. So really, I've been a whole year now away from collectives and just working on the growth side of it. This year here, I'll be producing a lot of new crosses, and I'm really excited about what I'm going to reveal to everybody. And a lot of it, what I do is when I look for phenos and I work with my strains, I'm trying to unlock some of those strains, some of the properties I know exist and haven't even been seen yet. When I got my uh, Candyland mail, which is a beautiful mail, I did a thousand seed search just to find that one mail. And it was the one mail out of a million. I looked at it like I couldn't quit looking at it. In fact, my granddaddy for a female is a 29-year-old strain now. How much time would you say you spend in like research and development of new strains versus just growing you know, what's already available? I spend most of my time, probably the 10 hours a day, I probably spend eight hours in working with all these new strains and crosses and trying to see which one I like and which one I don't. You know, it just takes a lot of time to take a plant, grow it up, see if you like it or not. So usually, you know, the old days, you just flower. So every two or three months, I'm popping with a garden. Not with genetics. You know, you have to bring up this one, see what you think. It takes about six months before you even send it into flowering to see if you really like it or not. Yes, breeding takes a lot of time, energy, space, and resources. We're going to take a quick break right now to listen to our sponsors, and we're going to be right back with breeder extraordinaire Ken Estes, creator of Granddaddy Purple. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made business plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at karcherinsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The State of Cannabis. 
oh my god, it's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of, of many of those things, and, and find ourselves in, in a, a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. Time to plant some more conversational seeds. You're listening to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Grow Show. I'm your host, Kyle Cushman, talking here with Ken Estes, breeder extraordinaire, one of my good friends, one of the greatest examples of a positive role model in the cannabis community. I know that I wouldn't be here talking to you if I didn't take a chance and decide to become a journalist for High Times Magazine. I wasn't a writer. I was just a fan and a collector of the magazine and happened to walk into the right door one day, got to share my work with the staff members of High Times. I, I mean, I had seven years of High Times in binders when I was offered a staff position, and I took it, and I kicked the job in the ass and built a reputation. And I was wondering, can you think of the biggest decision you made in your life that helped you achieve the notoriety that you enjoy? Uh, I think it was when I decided to speak out. I was kind of behind the scenes watching Dennis Crone and listening, watching the interviews. And then in Oakland, I remember Jeff Jones, the cameras all came in one day. They wanted to interview Jeff Jones and talk about that Oakland okayed a pound and a half limit. And all of a sudden, Jeff looked around and I said, hey, over here. I just took charge. I don't know why I did that, but over here, let me tell you what's going on. When the cameras came over here, and they said, here, will you hold a pound and a half? I said, sure. So I held a pound and a half. Everyone was taking my pictures. <laughs> and I did an interview. And next thing I know, it was on the AP photo. And it was the first time I said, you know, that cannabis has saved my life. And uh, I'm not really dying of AIDS. I'm actually living with a disability and a serious pain. And that this medicine works for me better than pharmaceuticals. And I remember I was kind of, you know, everybody at that point thought it was because you, you, you could die. The only way you could get marijuana is if you were dying. And I was like, wait a minute, what about those of us living? And this helps us during our living. I was wondering if that question was going to cause a pause, but it's really cool how it just took you right back to that moment. And you were obviously excited about it. You know, I mean, the majority of the good things that have happened in my life have happened through the cannabis community. You know, meeting you and how many wonderful people have you met over the years that you would never have met had you not decided to take this road? Well, no, that did change my life. I mean, I met, I met everybody from going to Amsterdam and hanging out with Jack Ferrer to knowing Dennis Perot, knowing Brownie Mary's the only one I really did get to meet. I saw her speak, but I never, never got to meet her. And she's one of my heroes because she just was a normal person who decided to go to city council meeting. She helped Dennis Perot start that collective. And she was one of the ones going to city council meeting speaking. And it was like, wow, she empowered me to, yes, we should be speaking up for this. I'm going to be the voice of patients. I'm going to speak out to all the people along the way. There, there are so many people that you realize in our community who came up and stepped up big time and spoke out for us. So many warriors. Dennis Perone, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. He had some, something to do with the original writing of Prop 215. Yeah, he was the one really that was opening up a collective and ready to be the front guy to stand there and put his name on a lease and say, I'm done doing this business here to help patients get this because it helps them and who right. in the gay community. And right. so many people were dying from AIDS back then that this was really why people just couldn't take it no more. I remember one time in an interview, 
one AIDS patient held up his bag full of pills and the bag full of marijuana. And he said, how come I can take all these? I can't take this. You know, I never intended, I never pictured myself as any kind of an activist or, you know, sometimes you choose your, your role in life and sometimes it chooses you. And, you know, I just feel lucky every day that I get to be able to speak out and to help educate and to help further the normalization of this wonderful plant. And then on the other side, it's even nourishing to my soul in another way because for me, digging in the dirt is just so soothing and it's so zen. Don't you feel that the act of gardening itself is therapeutic? Well, the, yeah, the therapeutic finding mean, gardening, I've always been this way. This is one reason I think I migrated towards marijuana. I felt my therapy begins with my plant every morning I wake up. I don't know why I fell in love with her. The first time I grew her in 1977, I was like, oh, this is my cause, and they just watching her grow. And I became a plant man from that time on. I mean, since then, I wanted to grow tomatoes. I want to grow other things. So there's a beauty and a, a zen, like you said, about growing. I don't know if everyone feels this way, but I definitely know it has that effect on my life. I have one German Shepherd, but I really don't have pets or anything that affects my life. I mean, I guess I got my kids like that. You know, I call them every morning to make sure everything's good. Uh, <laughs> but for me personally, I get into my garden and I look at the plants and I can stare at them for hours. I think sometimes, man, I'm wasting time. I should go watch TV. And I think, I don't know. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting more pleasure out of just staring at these darn plants. What am I staring at? You know? So there's a love affair. I hate when I hear people going to ban it. But what about the individual grower? What about the person in the backyard that can grow just maybe three or maybe six? Something. Don't ban it. Don't take this healing process away from our society. A lot of us are getting older. We need this kind of stuff. We love gardening. Please don't take the marijuana plants out of our garden. Ken, I'm so glad that you've got a voice and that you use your voice. You've become an icon in this industry, in my opinion. It certainly is fun. I don't get to see you enough personally, but it certainly is fun. We bump into each other at all the major events, and we get to share a little smoke and have a hug and a laugh. But I'm really, really glad that you are here because action spurs action. And you and I, we're action-type people, and we go out there and get things done and hopefully spur others to get things done. Yeah, no, we both been up and down. We both been through similar situations from the legal battle that we have to do to the emotional battle you have to relocate. I know your story too, you know. It's not even as climactic as you think it would be. I'm more excited about the fact that it actually got legal. We actually did this. Wherever my position is in life isn't as important as the fact that this really worked. People understood us. They believed us. The system of educating and working through city councils, it actually worked. It's a true vindication. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I've, I've felt marginalized for most of my adult life until I moved to California. I think I only have time for one last question. And I want to ask you if you have any quick grow tips for our listeners who may be growing your bud. Yeah, grow tips for granddaddy perp. It really would depend on, you know, if you're outdoor or you're indoor or if you're what soil you are, what medium you are. But really, basically, I like to tell people that you need to use nutrients. I'm just an advanced nutrients man, and that's all I use right now. But whatever you use, make sure you follow the instructions because there's a lot of good nutrients out, and people know what they're doing the ones who come up with these nutrients, especially nowadays. It wasn't like old school where you bought some salty type repackaged uh, vegetable formula. Yeah, yeah, thing like Miracle Grill, I hate throw names out, but stuff like that. And now with these advanced nutrient stuff where good companies are producing this product where if you follow directions, 
it really works good, whether it's organic, whether it's indoor, whether you're outdoor. And you need a little nutrient uh, regimen. And I've been testing back and forth the light nutrients and no nutrients and, and just soils. And, and the, I'm totally convinced that the normal person can grow a good plant and he just follows a nutrient program. Absolutely. And that's a great segue because we have to take our last break to give our sponsors some love. And I'd like you to stick around, Ken, because we're going to come back with the Ask Kyle segment and we're going to answer some questions from our listeners. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on mjwellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Time to plant some more conversational seeds. You're listening to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's time for the final segment of the show I call Ask Kyle. I get questions from people out there who are listening to the show. It's totally awesome to have such an engaged audience. So a few questions from our followers sparked my interest this week. So let's get started. Anon or Anon came in through an email and he asks, who did you look to for guidance when you first started? Who were your growing gurus? I have to say that initially High Times was really my grow Bible and I used to read it from beginning to end. Yes, the information that you got from High Times used to be pretty rudimentary, but they've definitely grown up. Other than that, it was definitely Ed Rosenthal and Mel Frank with the original Grower's Bible. And then I moved on to Robert Connell Clark and Marijuana Botany. Can you add anybody to that list, Ken? Uh, no, really, that's the exact way that I went. And then just also, you know, just growing every every year and indoor, just trying different things and reading whatever you could besides those books. But that was about it. And Rosenthal's book was one that I had started with. In fact, one time I had grown in my closet the first time and 
the plants got so big in there, I, I finally started looking back in the book, and I finally found the area that said, change your lights from 12 to 12. So then once I switched it over, ah, then I thought it was good. <laughs> I did so, the you know, same sometimes, thing. Sometimes you have to look through the book to find the little pieces, but, you know, that, that was my only guidance. Now they, we're so blessed with so many different people giving us their tips, and that's one thing about our world getting together. We actually get to talk to one another now and share, and it's a beautiful world. Right. We're not hiding in the dark anymore. I have another question here. Brent S. from Facebook says, Help! I keep getting mold in my grow room even though I have cleaned everything tons of times. What am I doing wrong? Well, Brent, it could be your nighttime humidity. Get yourself a humidistat. There are real cheap ones that you can buy that keep track of the 24-hour high and low. And then while you're not in the room, you can check to see how high the humidity got at night. Another way is a climate controller like an IGS, which has a data logger, but they're quite expensive. Typically, what I say is you have to keep your nighttime humidity relatively low in order to prevent any mold from growing. And that's usually around 40%. So if you have to put two, three, four dehumidifiers, and I only run my dehumidifiers at night, I allow the plant's natural respiration and photosynthesis to take care of things during the day. It's only at night when it gets dark and they tend to respire a lot and you get that buildup of moisture on the leaves. So if your nighttime humidity is getting up into the high 40s, 50s, or even higher, that's probably a good reason why you're getting your mold. Ken? No, you have to definitely deal with humidity. You have to figure out what the problem is. If it's humidity, you have to make sure you're moving air. A lot of times humidity is because you're not moving enough air, exhausting enough air. I want the stars, man. I hate that powder mildew or mold. That stuff's the worst. It just starts growing, so you have to keep it out of your room. Sometimes it's on the plant. Maybe it's on the mother that you're cloning. Maybe you keep bringing it back in. But it's all about airflow and humidity, and if you can't get on top of that, that'll, that'll happen to a lot of plants. Or you might have to find a strain that is more resistant to that. And it could just be environments. Certain environments are just extremely conducive. And if that's the situation, you may just want to burn sulfur from the beginning of flowering through the end. And, you know, that'll keep the uh, mold away for sure. Here's another question. Karen D. from Facebook asks, what does it mean when somebody says that they have an organic grow? Doesn't that just mean they don't use pesticides? More than just not using pesticides, actually, certain pesticides are actually rated organic and you can use them in organic gardens. Organic means that you're not using synthetic chemicals in any real abundance. Even OMRI allows for less than 2% of certain synthetics because it's recognized that it's necessary to get really good production in large cultivation. Organic really means that you're not heavily using chemicals and inorganic man-made fertilizers or products of any type that would show up and leave a residue, possibly be carcinogenic and definitely harmful to people which are more susceptible and have lowered immune systems. So I always say uh, go organic. There's no reason not to. I know Ken says he uses advanced nutrients. I know plenty of people who use it as well. The product works well. But I try to stay organic. So there you have it, our Ask Kyle segment for today. And again, if you want to submit your own questions, please go to our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash The Grow Show, or you can tweet your questions to at Radio using hashtag The Grow Show, all one word. 
And I'm sorry, but now we are out of time. I want to thank our guests, Ken. Thanks for coming on the show. Can you give people a website if they want to um, ask you questions or anything? Uh, yeah, you can just go to Facebook. We've got Ken Estes on Facebook. Great. Well, Ken, thanks for coming out. Thanks to our producers for making the show possible. And please make sure to check out my website, kylecushman.com, where you can find out where to follow me on social media, upcoming events, subscribe to my newsletter, and a whole lot more. You can find new episodes of The Grow Show by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and now on iHeartRadio. Thanks for joining us again. I'm your host, Kyle Cushman, and as always, please stay lifted. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.